Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, a crazy weekend of sports is in the books. A lot going on. Wild Saturday in college football. A couple unbeatens go down. Michigan State, number three in the country. Coming off that big win against Michigan, goes to Purdue and loses. Uh, There was a lot of entertaining stuff. And, of course, for us, it all started Friday night when the Utes just pounded Stanford. Just destroyed them right from the get-go. Going to let you listen to Kyle Whittingham after that one. His Utes, three different running backs over 100 yards. Uh, He's been touting it for a while now. Another 450 yards plus of total offense. Uh, The game was over at halftime. It was 38 to nothing. And you just get to play a lot of the backups down the line, get some young guys some uh, experience, and uh, get the win. Here is Kyle Whittingham after the victory at Stanford. Played the game tonight, um, started fast, never really let up offensively. We uh, just kept executing and, and doing things uh, the way they're supposed to be done all, all first half. Defense smarted them, uh, played exceptional. Uh, the statistics at halftime were so skewed, it was. Uh, on the high can play it much better than we did, but uh, you know, we just were hitting on all cylinders tonight. Uh, run game was in high gear, that was really the, the key to the, the game is our ability to run the football efficiently and effectively and for uh, you know, a bunch of yards, and then uh, we did turn the ball over once, but uh, other than that, we took care of it. Um, like I said, we uh, played smothering defense. Uh, had to shut out at halftime, and then uh, they put a nice drive together in the beginning of the second half, and then stiffened up and, and uh, played well again. Uh, had a chance to play a lot of guys, which is a positive. A lot of guys got experience in this game, and uh, helps us uh, obviously in the position we're in the conference. But we got a lot more work to do. There's uh, games left, plenty of games left, and so we don't focus on that. But it's something that certainly we're aware of. Uh, give the players the weekend off. We'll have Monday, uh, Saturday, Sunday off. Bring them in Monday morning at uh, 7 a.m. and get going on the next guys. So, questions? Kyle, uh, you, you elected to go for offense again to start the game. With this group of guys, is this kind of maybe your advantage now to be able to kind of start that way? We thought tonight it was, and, and uh, last week as well, obviously. And, and uh, they've been playing with such confidence on that side of the ball, and the execution level's been so so high that uh, we figured that it was another good opportunity to start fast and, and uh, see if we can uh, put points on the board in the first drive. What did you see on the Devlin's uh, PR pick six? That was incredible. I, mean, I, I saw it happen in real time, and I watched the replay, and still couldn't believe that he could have the, the reflexes and the, and the uh, Athleticism to, to make that catch and then find his way to the end. It was only a couple of yards, but still, he was, that's who he is, though. He's a big play guy. Well, Kyle, what does it say about the depth of your running back room that three guys can go for over 100? Yeah, we, we feel really good about the, the running back room, like we've been saying all year. Uh, it's it's uh, the point now where Tavion is the lead back. He's the primary ball carrier. He's going to get the most carries uh, most weeks, uh, barring unforeseen circumstances. Uh, Kai Bernard and TJ Pledger both both added a, uh, some big plays, and then Chris Curry came in and had a chance to show what he could do mostly in the second half and, and did a nice job. We, we feel we've got a good stable of backs, and they're uh, uh, doing a great job for us. Given, given how tough Stanford's been with the year, you guys have never lost here. I mean, can you kind of conceptualize that and try to figure out what, what works so well for you guys here? 
You know, that's, that's tough to answer. Uh, well, we've been here four times since the Pac-12, and then another time or two prior to the Pac-12. Okay, but anyway, I don't have a great answer for you other than we've, uh, we seem to uh, have played well against Stanford, and, our, and we haven't played them. I think they're probably the team we've played the least in the Pac-12 since we joined. But, but uh, anyway, our guys, uh, for whatever reason, have played well uh, when we play Stanford. I think it's part of it. They, they get fired up for the game because they know that it's two of the more physical teams in the conference. They're a lot like us as far as the, what they pride themselves on and what they hang their hat on. And so I think our guys uh, understand that, respect that, and want to make sure that uh, you know, we let them know that uh, we play with some physicality as well. Obviously, the running, you know, it was working tonight, but was Cam maybe a little less sharp than he's been? I don't know if I'd say that. You know, his numbers weren't uh, as prolific because we didn't throw the ball much. But had we been more committed to the throw game and, and uh, just had more reps at it, I think he would have been, you know, put up the numbers in the last two four weeks. Coming out of halftime with that 38-0 lead, did you see what you wanted to see from the guys in terms of their mentality and aggressiveness where, you know, you're kind of fighting against complacency and taking your foot off the gas? Yeah, I would say except for the first drive for Stanford. They, they, they did a nice job with that first drive. But other than that, we build ourselves back in our defense and, uh, you know, offensively, you'd love to score every single possession, but we had a couple uh, possessions, two or three possessions with the ones in there uh, where we didn't score in the second half. But I think uh, given the circumstances and, and uh, you know, how things played out, I think it was a, a positive second half for us. Given the outcome of that game, you know, the coach obviously knows what the team can improve on. Is there anything in general that things sticks out to you after that game? Offensive line, I think, has, has continued to get better and better each week. So that was a positive. The tight ends were terrific. The wide receivers made plays. Special teams uh, got some yardage in the punt return game. Covey got some things going there. Uh, we only had to punt the one time, so that was uh, good to bless you punt the better. So, and then in the kickoff game, I think our kickoff coverage unit continues to be uh, improved, vastly improved. What we saw earlier there. Is Mike Williams not a punter? He was tonight, and uh, it's a competition. And, and uh, you know, when you got uh, guys that are fairly similar at spots, and you know, the guys that's playing the best is going to get the so opportunity. That's it's like a fluid situation. Fluid situation. That's yeah, that's the answer. There's Kyle Woodingham as the Utes check a box, beat the worst team in the Northern Division, last place Stanford. Now they get the worst place, worst team in the Southern Division, last place Arizona. Coming off a win, they did beat Cal, a Cal team that was decimated by COVID. I saw one report they only had 44 guys dressed for the game, and Arizona wins 10-3. So the Utes ought to go to the desert and get another win next week. We're going to take a break, come back, and let you listen to Kalani Sataki after his Cougars win on Senior Day and improved to 8-2. and two. Kalani's coming up next. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. After 10 long, grueling weeks, it's finally a bye week for Kalani Sataki and the BYU Cougars. But just because the Cougars have the week off doesn't mean the coverage slows down on the Zone Sports Network. Keep it locked all week on the Zone Sports Network as we get you ready for the home stretch of the Cougar football season. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. An easy win as expected for BYU as they blood Idaho State, improved to 8-2 and two, heading into a bye week, and then a Georgia Southern game that ought to move them to 9-2, and two, and then to USC for the season finale, and that ought to move them to 10-2 and two, as SC loses to Arizona State and didn't look very good getting beat either. But all of that's in the future right now. Here's Kalani Sataki after BYU picks up the win at home over Idaho State. Kalani, what do you think uh, about the way your guys played today? Uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was a good game. Um, you know, uh, Idaho State, a really well-coached team. I think uh, Coach Fennessy does it the right way. They, they play with good sportsmanship class, and uh, they battled, you know, and, and – uh, uh, we knew that if we take care of business that we should be okay, but um, you always want to respect your opponents and do the right things and, and play the right way, and I thought our guys did, had the right mindset. Um, first half looked good. We had a uh, mistake, you know, gave short fields. Um, but, you know, I give credit to to, to Coach Fennessy and his staff. I, I don't think they made a lot of mistakes as far as uh, you, you didn't see a lot of uh, fundamentally and, and with coaching that they had a lot of guys assignment sound football and I thought our guys just took advantage of, of, of making more plays but um, yeah just uh, just grateful for the game and grateful that our guys finished it the right way and I thought it was really good for a bunch of young guys to get reps and uh, meaningful reps though you know it's a when it's just a game and, and in the second half I think we, we played a lot of guys a lot of reserve players um, and I like that our the sideline had a lot of energy from um, you know from the starters and uh, I liked the, the stop at the end I thought that was really good for our, our young guys but Obviously, there's some mistakes. That, that, that it's that way every game, and so we'll we'll look at it and, and see what we can improve on. But um, grateful we got the win, and, and uh, grateful we can keep building on this. And you got to buy next week, you know. So it's a, still a work week for us, but I know we can get some guys healthier without having to play a game next week. So ten weeks in a row was that's pretty tough, but these guys handled it really well. You recognized 14 players before the game, obviously the three seniors and then the 11 other guys. What was that like for you, that moment of recognizing their contributions? Yeah, the, the three seniors especially, you know, we, we know that this is it for them, uh, and that's with Lopa and Capisi and, and Samson. But um, the others, it's just kind of up in the air still on some of them. But I thought it was important that um, that if it, is, if it is their last game that that uh, we recognize them and, and give them a chance to to do the senior walk at the end and, and go through the whole festivities and, and have them, um, you know, just if if – if some of them come back, then great. We'll do it again next year, you know. But I, I think for us is to make sure that we did it, that we just did it just in case it was our last one. I wish we could have done that with Zach last year, you know. And so um, I think we're always going to, if there's a chance that they could leave, we're going to try to put them in the, that senior, um, you know, recognition uh, for them. So, but I, I'm glad that, uh, you know, we'll have this, some discussion and see what's going to happen with, the, with those other um, guys. I think there's... 11 others and we'll figure out what's best for them and and um and they'll go from there but we just want to make sure that they get recognized just in case john and then jay kalani one, one of those younger guys you mentioned that got some meaningful reps in the second half today was keanu hill um had 92 yards and a touch, touchdown for catches and then he blocked and recovered that punt in the end zone late in the fourth quarter. 
Uh, what can you say about the effort you saw from him and, and his progression here late in the season? You know, we we, um, we knew he was something special. I, I I think it's just for him the opportunity to get at, get get there and on the field and play. And uh, he's shown uh, that he can do it throughout the season. Uh, we needed to rely on him a little bit more today. And uh, special teams wise, I think he he felt like he was going to. He kept telling us he's going to block one. And uh, you know, Kyle Griffiths, who does a lot of our duties with with uh, our punt return, he and Fessy. I mean. Uh, Coach Griffiths made a deal that if they blocked one, that he'd shave his head. So that's what they're doing in the locker room right now. Shave his head a little bit. And, and anything to make our, our graduate assistants um, embarrassed, that's what our players, I think that's a motivation for them. So Keanu wanted to see that done, and that's why he got the block. But I think that was all that was there. That he, we had to hurry up the punt and try to get it, the, the ball to Hobbs and have them um, block a little bit longer so that we can get a good return. And I thought, for the most part, Hobbs and Talmadge got in there and got some returns. They did a good job on the punt return phase, giving us a better field position. I thought their punter, he he, he kicked the crap out of the ball, you know, did some really good things. Uh, I'm, I, I'm proud of uh, the way Rico punted, too. He pinned one deep for us. And so uh, that stuff doesn't go unnoticed when you have good punters. I think we wanted to just stress them a little bit and, and glad we were able to, to do some things and, and get some plays. Okay, go ahead. Kalani, you've played 10 straight games. Give us a progress report. How do you think these guys are doing? And more importantly, are they continuing to improve as the season goes on? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of um, changing lineups. You know, we've got – you just have a bunch of guys that just got banged up. And whether they're um, 100% or not, there's some people that just couldn't go and we had to fill in with – uh, with different starters, you know, and, and so looking at the depth chart, it doesn't look like today like it was back in, in August, you know, and so, but I, I thought the 10 weeks, our guys did a great job at coaching. I mean, our coaches did a great job at, at instructing our players. I thought our players really answered um, the call whenever their number was, was up to, to be on the field. Uh, we can improve. There's, there's definitely a lot of room for improvement, but for the fact that we're a pretty young team and that we played like a lot of young guys, um, this season, and some of it was by choice, but some of it was just forced because of injury. Um, I think we're in a really good spot now. Uh, Ten weeks in a row is not easy, especially when you're playing a lot of the teams that we played and, and the physical football that we we saw. So um, some of those guys will be able to recover, and not having a game next weekend is going to be good for their recovery. Getting healthy, we'll get some guys back, but um, there's, there are some some guys that still need work, and so. Um, we're going to have the same mindset of getting better with those younger guys and some guys that have, um, you know, we're going to depend on them in, in the Georgia Southern game. So they need to work. And that's going to be, uh, that's going to be the focus. I think everybody's going to go through a little bit of a situational, uh, recovery. Some guys need to practice uh, every rep and, and do some physical things next week. Other guys just need to get, uh, polish up their, their technique and their fundamentals and, and, um, mentally get better. But, uh, don't need to see them do much on the field. So that, that's what we're going to do next week. When you retire, are you going to be a band leader? I was pretty good, huh? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to brag about myself. I'm usually, I mean, I was, I was surprised. I think it's just if I could keep a beat, you know, so I thought it was fun. But um, I had a, a good uh, moment before the season to interact with the band and um, to talk to them and, uh, it's been really fun uh, just being able to connect with them and see things that they do. I think uh, that 
that's that's a, a big part of what we uh, do here at BYU, just the whole experience of having them. And I just hope they, they know how much I appreciate them. And then uh, just the in combination of that, it's the uh, how awesome was it to see the fans in the stands and packing the stands uh, for this FCS game. It meant a lot to our players, and I hope our fans know how much we love and appreciate them. And it wasn't just this game. It was the entire season. Um, you know, we're sad we're not playing at home anymore, but uh, it, it was really cool to have the fan support and the the, and the energy that the fans bring, the rock, and uh, everyone is just – it's amazing. And I hope our fans, uh, Cougar Nation, knows how much our players, our coaches, everyone in our program really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Do last question from Jared. Connie, we didn't really talk about it, but you're wearing the camouflage to recognize and honor the uh, the military today for this game. Uh, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I just want to recognize the military and their, um, you know, the, the, everything that they do for our lives, the, the, the freedoms that we enjoy, um, the lifestyle that we have. Uh, just we we can't show enough appreciation, but if there's a way that we can recognize them, I know college football is doing that. Uh, uh, next week, uh, we don't have a game next week, so we wanted to do it early earlier. And so, I think the, the more we can be mindful of, of the sacrifice that others uh, make for us, uh, I think it's really important. And um, I hope I hope everyone out there that has loved ones in the military and 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 those that have sacrificed their time, their energy, and and, so, and and many of them their lives. I hope they know how much we love and appreciate them. So um, it was good. I mean, I. I like wearing this. I, I was confused because I wasn't sure if it was going to be hot or cold or what was going on today. And pretty warm day for November, and I, I, I was really happy with it. So, uh, and camouflage is a little bit slimming, they tell me. So I should wear it more often. <laughs> well, along those lines, Claudia, we've talked a lot just about how you want your guys to be well-rounded. Football is important, but so is school, so is social life, so are things like this. Recognizing the military or recognizing the band. Do you see that passing on to those guys? Do you, do you see them embracing that that well-rounded mentality? It's it's something that they teach me. I have a, a group of great young men that have tons of appreciation and gratitude for the fans, for everyone at BYU, for the faculty, the staff, their coaches, for each other, and more importantly, for most importantly, for their loved ones. And then uh, I think uh, playing the game is really really cool, but. Um, the fact that they they do it with a lot of energy and and uh, joy that that makes it all worthwhile for the people that have sacrificed for them. But these young men are special. They're they're, they're uh, special to me and to a lot of people. And, and I'm just honored to coach them and and really happy that they teach me a lot of lessons. They make me a better person. So there's Kalani Sataki after BYU gets the win and improves to eight and two. We're gonna take a break. When we come back. The best of the Jazz postgame show. Rough weekend for the Jazz as they lose twice in Florida. And we will get to that next. Stay with us. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. Huh! Huh! 
Utah State returns to Mountain West Conference play with a big trip to the Bay Area for a showdown against the Spartans of San Jose State. Catch all the play-by-play action this Saturday, beginning with the Aggie pregame show on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. So, the Utah Jazz off to a great start, and then they hit a bump in Florida. Lose to Miami on Saturday, lose to Orlando on Sunday, blow a 13-point lead, had a 10-point lead going to the fourth quarter. They get beat. A lot of stuff going wrong, but I think if you had to spotlight anything, uh, too many too many fast break points, too many transition points for Orlando. They got easy buckets. They got easy dunks. A couple reasons. Obviously, the Jazz shooting really poorly from the three-point line, and the Jazz turning the ball over too much. Those two things juicing up the fast break for Orlando, and they get the win. And the other trend here is Mike Conley didn't play. He's not going to play back-to-backs. He sits... Uh, for the second time in a back-to-back, and for a second time, they lose without him. So the 7-3 and three after 10 games, which is about a 57-58 win pace over the course of the season. And it's been a road-heavy schedule. So, you know, there's certainly some good things, but they're 7-1 and one with him, and they're 0-2 without him. So we'll be following those numbers and see if they hold up. Um, and it'll be a while before they play it back-to-back. The Jazz are coming home now and pretty much playing every other day, I think in one case every third day. So they ought to... They ought to have Mike, and they ought to be at home, and they ought to win. So we'll see about all that. But first, let's get to the best of the postgame show. DJ and PK, 97.5 and 12.80, the zone. The Utah Jazz fall to the Orlando Magic last night, 107 to 100. As the shooting woes continue for the Jazz, they uh, knocked down just 34 of 89 shots from the floor for 38%, and worse yet, just 8 of 42 from the three-point line for 19% as the Orlando Magic get the victory. The Jazz were playing on the second night of back-to-back games after losing on Saturday night in Miami. The Magic connect on 49% of their shots from the floor and 37 points uh, 37% from the three point line led by Cole Anthony who finished with 33 points on 5 of 10 shooting from the three point line here's what Quinn Snyder had to say about the Jazz shooting woes after the game um, myself personally um, you know I, I think there's always you always want more of of your team you know that that's what it means to be a coach you know um tonight uh i thought the way that orlando came out at the beginning of the game um their aggressiveness um you know at times what we've seen is that when, when that happens um you know we have to work harder we have to be more precise and we weren't ready for that at the beginning of the game. And then as the game progressed, we obviously improved on that. There was, you know, things that we were talking about that we could do. Um, but, you know, the, the, our transition defense, um, it's, it, people, are, people are getting those types of advantages because we don't get to the next play. Um, yeah, that that's a frustration, and that that should be a frustration for all of us, not just me. I think that's um, that's the important part. 
that you know, there's some things that we need to fully embrace on a deeper level that, you know, you're going to be in tough games. I mean, Orlando, you know, they came out, they played very well. You know, they were aggressive defensively. They worked, they executed offensively, made us play through possessions. But we also had opportunities. And in some of those opportunities late, we, you know, we weren't on the same page. Um, in situations that I'm, I'm confident that we know what to do, but we didn't have the concentration and the focus to to do it. Um, but to the extent that we're focused on the defensive end, you know, that's generally a good sign for us. You know, if, if we're locked in there, um, offense has a way of, you know, just kind of evolving and taking care of itself. But, you know, the beginning of the defense is the transition defense. And you, you can stop right there, you know, to be honest with you. And, you know, and frankly, that's, you know, that was something that impacted last night. So that's got to sink in on a deeper level or, you know, there's oftentimes I mean, we can play a lot better and we may, may even win, but that doesn't, that doesn't change the fact that, um, you know, we're not getting to the next play for whatever reason. There's multiple reasons and it happened multiple times. When a player has five fouls, do you instruct them to play any differently? You know, I mean, I think there's so many schools of thought on that. How you leave a guy in and he picks up a six and then, you know, it's why did you leave him in? You take him out and, you know, there's a run and that's why did you take him out? I think for me, you know, you, every game's different. And, you know, I thought at that point with, with Donovan, just giving him a quick blow, you know, he wasn't out for more than, I don't know what it was. It was, a, you know, a minute just to kind of settle yourself and come back in. Um, the, I don't think there's a specific instruction you know, I think a player like Donovan has an understanding, you know, of what, what that means when, when you're in that situation. I'm sorry, Andy, say again, the, the numbers La- last night, tonight. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious, do you like the shots? I'd have to go back and watch the tape. You know, my guess is that, um, you know, there were some shots that, um, that, you know, you, you can make an argument that maybe there was another play, you know, the, the game's moving fast. Um, we're a team that, you know, we're, we're regardless of, you know, what our three point percentage is, we, I think we're in the top five in the league in offense, you know, and you hope that, you know, you've got a team. Um, I don't think we're getting shots that are that different than the ones we got last year, to be honest. Um, I, I, I do think, you know, the, the biggest thing that can impact that, I think, is our, our readiness to shoot and to be confident um, and to make that decision quickly. Where we get in trouble is when we don't shoot, frankly, and the ball stops. Um, and that's that's been my focus as much as anything. So I'm sure there's times, you know, if there's an out of timeout situation, we run a play, everybody's expecting the shot. Um, part of us taking threes is the ability to potentially rebound them as well. Um, I think, you know, rather than focusing on a, a three and, and looking at the shot itself, I, I'd like to see, I think we're successful 
when in the initial part of the possession, we attack the rim. You know, we like the three, but we like the rim more. And when we get in the lane, you know, having the ability to both finish, um, have our eyes out, you know, make decisions in the lane. And again, I'd, I'd have to watch, watch the tape. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that, that we're getting significantly worse shots and taking bad shots from three. And that's the reason that our percentage is, is low. We've got some guys that aren't, aren't making right now. Um, and I think we've got some teams that are being very physical with us. Um, so we're not getting quite the advantage that we had at times, but like I said, I'd like to see, see the shots. I think a lot of them are pretty clean looks and, you know, if you're, if bomb is standing under the basket, um, you know, a lot of times that, that three is a good shot. Um, but obviously there's, there's always going to be, you know, you always try to make the right play and that's, I think as much as anything, you know, our group are having a mindset that we're going to do, do, do something for someone else and whatever that means in a given possession and, you know, running back is, is the most fundamental thing. It doesn't matter what kind of shots we get. If we run back, um, the chances of us getting a stop uh, are greater. And then the chances of us getting cleaner looks on the other end are greater because uh, we can get out in transition and space. Um, I don't think we've been as aggressive when we do drive, you know, at spacing, at respacing relative to the ball. Um, but again, um, that's a long-winded answer. It gets back to the same thing is that um, I'd like to see the shots uh, on film and be able to evaluate them that way. I certainly, you know, if there's a narrative that we're taking bad shots and that's why we're missing, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't agree with that on a, on a general level. You know, I, I know when you look at certain players, you know, they're making X percentage off the dribble and the easier shots, some of the catch and shoot shots we're missing. Um, and, you know, that's when we've been at our best is getting catch and shoot shots. So, um, you know, you'd hope over time that those things correct themselves. I would think they would. Um, you guys have watched this play for a couple of years and, um, you know, we're able to make those looks. There he was, Jazz coach Quinn Snyder as the Jazz fall to the Orlando Magic last night, 107-100. to Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert each scored 21 points but struggled shooting the ball. Donovan Mitchell just 8 of 24 from the floor and 2 of 12 from the three-point line. Uh, he did have seven assists and seven rebounds but turned the ball over uh, three times for the Jazz, which was an issue all night. They finished with 17 on the game. Let's head back down and let you hear from Rudy Gobert after the Jazz lost last night. They come in such a variety of different ways. How do you think you're so good with your hand-eye coordination and reading guys as they roll? It's just a real skill that you've got. I think it's mostly anticipation. Try to read the play before it happens or try to you know, know the tendency of different guys, what they're trying to do and you know, and then it's just a feel, just an instinct. So I try to, sometimes I know that I might not be able to get a block, but if I can disrupt the shot, you know, I'll try to, or if I see that the guy's off balance, well, it's probably going to miss. So better not to just go get the rebound. So it's, uh, I think it takes a lot of time, experience to, yeah, to try to decide if you want to block the shot, uh, just I'll tear the shot or just contest. The reasons you guys have struggled with transition I think it's mainly focus. 
you know, we, for a lot of times, I think we, we let our offense affect our defense. And, uh, whether we, we didn't get a car or we missed a shot and then we try to go and steal the ball. Uh, yeah, it just, I think it just mental. You know, we just gotta rebuild good habits of just, uh, if you want to talk to the ref or if you want to steal the ball, run back first and, and then, uh, and then we can we can talk, we can do anything we want to do, but we gotta run back first and, and don't give those teams uh life. You know, we give them layups and dunks and and then they, they gain confidence, you know, especially in young teams like the uh, it was really hard for them to do to, to, to score in half court and to get good shots in half court and we just gave them confidence, you know, and then they feel good and then they, they hit some shots that you know they may, they maybe wouldn't be hitting. Uh, as much, you know, if they don't get those layups in transition. Uh, pretty much that, you know, we 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 gotta understand that when we shouldn't play with a different level of intensity or focus uh, regarding of who we play, you know, because it's the NBA and. And every team is trying to come at us. You know, every every player got something to prove. You know, it's it's, it's the NBA, and uh, you know we we gotta embrace every night, every opportunity to 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 try to get better. Uh, every team has something that you know can make us better, and it doesn't matter how many games they won or who they are. Like they, we gotta embrace that and then use those games to to build our habits. You guys got on the line. I know that's not your department, but I mean, I, I think some nights we're not going to make shots, but I think teams also know that we're looking for those shots. So maybe we, I'm not saying that's the case, but maybe teams uh, kind of like, a little more aggressive, taking away those shots or making those shots a little more comfortable for us. And then there's a lot of times when we, we did a great job, you know, moving the ball and then, and those shots are open. And there's going to be games, especially back-to-backs, you know, where we don't make those shots all the time and we got to find ways to... We don't want to lose confidence, but at the same time, you know, uh, maybe uh, alternate, you know, things we do. Realistically, how has the schedule impacted your bodies as far as transition defense, having legs for shots? You know, you guys get in at 1.30 this morning. That's the NBA. You know, you, you're not going to have legs every night, but we got to find ways to win those games. And uh, whether we, 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 uh, we have a lot of great shooters on the team. So even with, with no legs, we know that they can make shots. And at the same time, you know, we want to keep keep getting better as a team, keep, uh, you know, uh, playing the right way, finding the open man, uh, finding the mismatches, taking advantage of the mismatches and, uh, and punish the other teams. And, you know, we, uh, we know that we can keep getting better every night.
There he was, Utah Jazz center Rudy Gobert, who had a fabulous night despite the Jazz loss in Orlando. He finished with 21 points, 15 rebounds, and four blocks. He shot 7 of 9 from the floor and was really the best player on the court for the Jazz last night despite the loss. Gobert continues to rebound at a very high level, leading the NBA overall, and that's been a strength for the Jazz so far this season. We'll see how that ends up panning out tomorrow night when they take on the Atlanta Hawks. Now we'll let you hear from Joe Ingles, who struggled for the Jazz as well last Last night, here's Joe Ingles. Or versus when you start for Mike, what changes with your responsibilities? Um, not a whole lot. Obviously, um, when Mike's in, well, when they're both in, they're, they're kind of the, predominantly the point guard. And um, we kind of, I guess we share the ball handling a little bit. Um, but yeah, just, just playing off each other. Um, obviously, with well, I guess with both of them really now, I've played with them both for for long enough to to kind of know what they want to do or where they want to get or um, vice versa. How I can help them as well um, if it is me carrying the ball, um, certain things to run to get get Donovan or Mike or, or whoever it is a, an easier shot um, or or in position they want it. So um, yeah, not not a whole lot really. Um, but yeah, obviously, like like I said, playing with them for that long, it, it gets easier and easier as the, the time goes on. What do you think the transition that's the lack? I wish I had the answer for that. Um, or how has it? Been? It has been lacking very much. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's one of those things. It's like more uh, mental than physical or anyone could, I mean, anyone, any of you guys go out there and run to the other end of the court. It's not a, um, we've got to be obviously a lot better in, in that sense of the game. And, um, I think especially with teams we're playing, knowing how good we are in the half court when we get set and we can get them in front of us and obviously have Rudy and Hassan, there protecting the rim and, um, what we do, um, on the perimeter as well. So uh, obviously team's game plan is to to rebound it or, or inbound it. Uh, I think Chicago as well, the, there's been obviously a few games, but like getting it in quick even off makes um, and getting down and pushing the ball. So um, yeah, it's got to be a lot more of a focus on I mean, coach tells us every day. It's not like it's something that he's not telling us, and you know, it's on it's on our team. It's on the players to to um, to just do it. I mean, he shouldn't have to tell us. It's pretty it's a pretty basic thing. Like it's not it's not a brand new play that we've put in that you might forget, or, or a new new way we're playing defensively. Like it's just like run down there and load up the floor. And like I said, when we when we do, we're really good. So. Um, I think as well on the flip side of that, it helps our offense obviously because we can get stops and um, usually get a, a fair amount of stops and, and be able to run out of it. We're, we're a good team in, in transition. So um, yeah, it's got to be a lot more of a, a focal point for, for the players. Like I said, coach coach and the assistant coaches tell us in film and pregame, postgame. Um, but we've got to, we, we've just got to go out and do it. There's nothing kind of more else. Is something like that something fun at all? Small, that does that, yeah. Um, I think all those he he can live with us missing shots and and having a turnover here and there if we're if we're trying to do the right thing or playing the right way. 
Um, boxing out is probably another one that comes to mind, like getting a hit. Obviously, the transition offensively, the spacing, like I can easily take one step further this way to give whoever's Donovan Mike, whoever's got the ball, an extra meter or feet, whatever you guys use. Um, they're, they're the ones that are obviously frustrating because we, we know we can do them. Coaches can do them. You got anyone can do that when we're out there. So it's they're the frustrating. And, and obviously it shows because it, it hurts us when we don't do it. All of those spacing, rebounds, transition defense. Um, so I'm sure we'll uh, watch some great clips tomorrow. There he was, Utah Jazz guard Joe Ingles. A rough night from the floor, just two of nine. Uh, Overall, one of seven from the three-point line. He did have six assists, but two turnovers as the Jazz uh, struggled all night long, giving the ball away to the Orlando Magic. Joe Ingles finished with just five points on the evening, did not have a great three-game road trip through Atlanta, Miami, and, of course, with last night's loss in Orlando. We'll finish it off here with Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell uh, tied Rudy Gobert with 21 points throughout the game, but shot just eight of 24 from the floor. Here's Donovan Mitchell's comments after the game. I think the first thing is, you know, obviously defensively you're in, you're 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 trying to be smarter. You know, I took two Euro fouls. One I wish I didn't. The other one I'm I'm okay with. Obviously, the reaching is probably the obvious one. Worth, but you know, I think just being able to just stay solid, you know, and not really foul. I mean, that's that's kind of the mindset, which is a tough position to be in because it's like trying to balance being aggressive and being you know up in the pick and roll. But you know, you get caught for one ticky tack foul. That's it. So just trying to balance that, you know. But that's that's on me to put my put my teammates in a tough situation with that last that last uh, region. Um, just dumb foul. Good problems came back in transition, especially the last point. Mm-hmm. What's, what's preventing you guys from making those decisions to get back on um, the plate? It's mental. You know, we got to be able to understand that, you know, shots aren't falling. Like, we got to, we did it against uh, Atlanta. You know, even though shots were falling in the first half, we still got back, still guarding. Like, we got to make sure that's our top priority, being able to, you know, get stops when things aren't, you know, necessarily going in, shots aren't falling. And, you know, I think that was just a lack of focus on that part. Um, you know, last game of a road trip, you can't, you know, succumb to that, you know what I mean, say, and use that as an excuse and be like, okay, like, you know, we're tired, isn't that? Like, no, like, in order for us to be the team we want to be, we got to be able to do that, you know, every game, you know, and I think – Excuse me. We had the same conversation yesterday um, with Miami. Like we got to be able to focus on that, even when shots are falling, shots aren't falling. Rest are calling fouls, rest are not calling fouls. Um, we got to be able to get back, and we didn't make that a priority. And you know, two losses. Do you feel like the shots are getting? Yeah, I mean, tonight, you know, the same shots I've been making you know, for a while and just didn't go in tonight. You know, there are some shots where I'm like, okay, we can get a better look. I'm like that every game. Um, you know, I think as a group, I think there there are times where we, we should shoot the ball instead of, you know, shot faking and taking a tougher one. I think we, as a group, you know, let it fly. You know, I, I understand the percentage may not look, I don't know what we shot today, but it, it didn't look great. But, you know, we are the same team that, you know, shot – pissed out the ball last year. So um, being able to take those shots, being able to, to do that, but also staying passing up shots leads to tougher shots too. So we got to be able to just take those threes. Um, but on the same token myself, I got to be able to, you know, make the right reads, get in the pain and all that stuff as well. So not just settling for the three. Um, so that, I, I'm okay with the looks. Just feel 
Um, you would think that we would be able to do that because of, we've been playing with each other for three three years or so. Um, but you know, it's never going to be perfect. But you know, we we're ten games in now, so it's like all right, like you know, it's easy to say it's all right. It's three games in, all right, cool, we'll get adjusted. Like we're we're ten games in, you know, we're it's it's time. It's not time to wait and sit back and be like, all right, we'll we'll get into it. You know, I don't I don't care what we shoot from the three point line from the field. You know, being able to do the little things like get back guard. You know, we've we've done that, like you said, in spurts. But if we want to be the championship team we want to be, like, it's time. And I think we'll we'll go back, watch the film these past two games and, you know, even past three games um, from the road and understand, like, all right, it's time, it's time to go. Uh, it's time to get to it. The schedule, at these first 10 games almost felt like one big road trip. I mean, now that you say it, yeah, no. <laughs> um, no, nah, I mean, you know, it's we, we were home for two weeks after the preseason you know, and then you go on the road. Um, I haven't personally felt like we're on one big road trip, you know, um, to be honest, you know, I can't speak for others. It might feel that way. I don't, I do the same thing at home. I do on the road, nothing, <laughs> you know what I mean? But some guys have kids and family. So it's maybe different for somebody else, for a Mike or Joe or, you know, really gay than it is for me per se. Uh, but I haven't felt that way particularly. There he was, Utah Jazz guard Donovan Mitchell coming off the loss last night for the Utah Jazz. They fall to 7-3 and three on the season, just 1-2 and two on their three-game road trip. But good news, Jazz fans, they will be back home for five of their next uh, five games here in Salt Lake City, 10 of their next 12 overall, and 16 of 22. So you'll get a healthy dose of the Jazz playing here at home and an opportunity for them to recalibrate their shot and see if they can start knocking down some of those threes. There is the best of the post-game show as the Utah Jazz fall in Orlando, and now they come back home for a stretch of games. They've done a lot of traveling, so they'll be home for a while now. All right, we're going to take a break. More to come. We're going to hear from the Utes, the Cougars, and the Aggies over the course of the day. Stay with us, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.